if there's one thing we've learned over the last couple of years is that nobody likes loot boxes. Gamers don't like loot boxes, media don't like loot boxes, the law doesn't like loot boxes, and the developers themselves don't like loot boxes, they just have to put them there. So it's not about the loot boxes themselves, but about what they represent. And they represent money. Hey everybody, I'm Keo live at home and this is the How to Fix Gaming podcast. So this is a video game podcast where I talk about how people interact with the medium. And as you can guess, we're talking about loot boxes today. So why are we talking about loot boxes? Well, everybody talks about loot boxes, so why not talk about loot boxes? So time and time again, we're hearing that gaming companies are finding ways to justify that loot boxes aren't gambling. So how can that be that something that has all of the common traits of a gambling concept isn't considered gambling? Well, if they're not considered to be gambling, then they've got to be considered to be something else, right? If we keep getting stuck on the idea that loot boxes are gambling, then game companies are always going to draw on the idea that it's not gambling. That might sound confusing, but think about this for a second. Gambling laws are very specific, and every time somebody gets hurt, or loses all their money, and stakes a claim that a company did them wrong, the burden of proof is actually on that person making the claim to show that it was the company's problem and not their own. Just like it was your choice to put the coin in the slot machine. And it's your choice to place the bet. It's your choice play poker for money. These are the similarities that we have to deal with when it comes to loot boxes as to traditional gambling. Now there's one fundamental problem about this. Most of the Western laws, either in Australia or in the United States, the UK, they come down to autonomy. And autonomy is the basis of most of the laws that we have to deal with. So when it comes to actually justifying that the company has wronged you, they can come back to you and pass the blame back to the user. For example, when it comes to gaming, it was the player's own choice to play the game, knowing that there was monetization in the game. It was the player's choice to purchase the packs in the game that are monetized. It is the player's choice to continue to do things within the game. Now there's one fundamental problem about this. Most of the Western laws, either in Australia or in the United States, the UK, they come down to autonomy. And autonomy is the basis of most of the laws that we have to deal with. So when it comes to actually justifying that the company has wronged you, they can come back to you and pass the blame back to the user. For example, when it comes to gaming, it was the player's own choice to play the game, knowing that there was monetization in the game. It was the player's choice to purchase the packs in the game that are monetized. It is the player's choice to continue to do these things within the game. 
Now on the issue of players enjoying the random nature of loot boxes, one of the problems here is that the companies can deflect this issue because the random nature of unlocking content has become socially recognized as a feature of games. That being said, random unlocks are normalized and are a part of everyday gaming. So what do we have from this? We have an easy out for video game companies to justify putting the loot boxes into their games. Now, the loot boxes are there to serve the purpose of gaining revenue. And it at the moment, it's one of the easiest ways to gain revenue. And therefore, justifying to the shareholders and the company heads that they can make cash off the game. And it's actually used as a means to to weigh in on how popular a game is so what if we take into account the idea here that the companies are right and loot boxes are not gambling but if they're not gambling what are they well you need to take a little bit of a step back here and look at the big picture so what is a game a game under the law is classified as goods and loot boxes and the monetization in games is technically classified as a service because it's something that is continued to be provided based on the wants of the gamer this is because the companies are able to make a false sense of need by producing the item that way. The only way you can obtain this item is to spend money on it. Now I say want lightly here because it's hard to justify that people want loot boxes if it's the only way that a certain item is produced in a game to be obtained. So what do people do? They spend money on the items. Now, to go along with the idea of goods, the items that people buy in the game are also goods. So it's a service for goods. So there are two directions you can take this. You can have a look at the laws for goods and you can have a look at the laws for services. To some extent, there is an overlap for goods and services. Uh, for example, in Australia, we have the, the GST, which is the goods and services tax. So things are kind of lumped together in certain respects, but there are other areas where this actually splits off. So there are a few things that we know here now. We know that the games are having loot boxes put into them as a way to monetize. So they're specifically being placed there as a means for people to spend their money to give the companies further profit. We know that the companies believe that it's the consumer's choice to play the game knowing that the items are there and spend the money on the items in the game to get the random loot boxes that they are aware of. They're aware that the, the loot boxes have random content and that is what they're purchasing. So in saying this, by inserting loot boxes into games the companies are intentionally taking money away from the consumer knowing what they know today. 
So everything that's gone on up to this point, they now know how people feel about the loot boxes being in the games. And the loot boxes are continuing to being put into games. Now, this can be a problem in the sense that they're aware of the implications of putting the loot boxes into the games. I know I just said that, but the thing to remember is that now it's intentional. They know what they're doing. And we've already seen where they try to gauge how people are going to spend money in their games by setting prices and changing prices of different content, like, for example, in Anthem with the armors at the beginning when that came out. So we know that from here, they're affecting the financial position of the consumers of those goods because they're controlling the market. So there's a part of our local laws that deals with aggravated circumstances and unwarranted demand where if activated, a person may not have had the right to cause the issues, which is in the case that they knew it would cause distress before inserting the content. So the thing about law is that it's all about interpretation, right? So something that might be going on here is completely different to what will be a law in another country. But along with that, you also need to have the situation where the person that is affected is in a position where they go to court and they bring the specific issues forward and those issues are dealt with correctly so if the law's not being interpreted correctly, then you're ending up in a position where there is no precedent for your claim. So the section I was referring to is pretty much the only part of our Crimes Act that actually deals with goods, as a crime at least. And I actually couldn't find any examples of how to apply this part of the law it, in any cases really. I couldn't find any cases at all that dealt with it. So that's either that it's that nobody is actually tried to use this section of the law for or that the sections have not actually come up where they've had to deal with these situations and that's how precedents created you need these things to actually come up to actually have a basis to create the law that is generated around these so i can't just go ahead and say that yes there there's a crime being performed here that's not actually something that would work because the interpretation would be the most important part here and another thing is that a lot of legislation that gets passed are not ruled under the reason that they go to court maybe the gambling legislation isn't the right way to fight against loot boxes maybe there's other legislation that needs to be put in place that are under different conditions under different rules that rule for this specific purpose which is why i'm bringing it back to basically Games are games are goods. They're tangible items that everybody can touch and hold and want. There's no need involved with this, and there's also no need in the purchase of loot boxes. Everything that you get from a loot box is a want. So what do you want out of a loot box? Well, in some cases, that in terms of them creating the the, the demand is that it may be the only way to progress, or it might be a status symbol. For, for young kids that are purchasing loot boxes with their parents' money or their pocket money and just blowing everything out of the water, is that they might not be doing it 
for progress it might be for status and we know that that happens and i'm definitely not the first podcast to bring that up so we can't just give up on the gambling issue here the way that things are being portrayed in the game are very similar to gambling with the slot machines and the random chance and all this stuff that we've talked about already so as long as things get portrayed that way people are going to be looking at these things in the the most common way so they will keep looking at it as gambling because they're seeing the slot machines and they're relating that back to the slot machines and we also know that not all cases of loot boxes and more and more in the 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 games that are coming out now that they're doing it in a way that aren't actually monetized in the game that is everything can be locked in game just by playing you're going to have to play for longer for harder to unlock stuff every single day but we do know that they're they're locked behind certain barriers you you can only play sometimes in some games for x amount of time before it locks you out of certain content so as i hinted at before this is a social thing so this is this is the reason i'm making this podcast there are, there are social elements here that are behind the scenes that are driving certain ways that things are done and it's the way that people perceive these things that are causing also some of the problems so how do we deal with these things as consumers now we're going to play the games and we're going to use the content in the games we may not buy the monetized content but we're still going to need to use some of the elements in these games to actually progress and unlock items but as long as we consider those items to be gambling related we're still going to have this issue and we've seen this before we saw this with online passes where you could only buy the new game to get the online pass to actually play online with the games and the online passes were good for supporting the developers because of the trade-in games that was one of the big issues that they were having people were buying secondhand games and they thought that that was the problem with it so they it was never really concerned because there's always going to be a percentage of the population that will buy the second-hand games anyway now it's a matter of getting those people back into the support of the developers and the loot boxes are then one of the next ways that they've done that we also saw that with season passes season passes have changed a little bit since then and um it's become more about promises for future content whether or not that content actually arises and the, the value of get that you get out of some of those packages uh it used to be set amounts of expansion packs over x period of time and now there are some that are year passes which are you get access to this content within this year and then next year there might be more but not all of those promises are being fulfilled but the people that are really dedicated to the companies that supply these packs will support them and it's the same thing with loot boxes if people are really dedicated to the game to the platform then that is where their support goes they're supporting the developers by purchasing the loot boxes it's for the promises that the game will continue and to grow 
sometimes for the content themselves, but based on the demand. Now, there's a little bit of romanticism in there, but the fact is that from the gamer's perspective is that we're relying on the promises of the developer to fulfill those promises. It's up to the developers to choose to what to do with that. So there's a vicious circle here where the developers need gamers to support them for them to know what direction to take their game. This is um, something that happened in uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint where there are some obvious monetization issues going on. And there are some other obvious issues such as the way that the game had the unlocks and weapon upgrades built very, very similar to The Division 2. Now, I haven't played this game yet, and it's definitely on my list of things to do, and I'm always willing to give them a go, but the games always get better over time, and it's one of the things that Ubisoft does really, really well. So, they don't release necessarily broken games, but they support the games long-term, and the game gets better and better as the game gets older, and it's all based on the way the consumers are using the product which is probably where some of the issues with ghost recon breakpoint started where like the far cry games they start looking very similar to the assassin's creed games the ghost recon games start looking very similar to the division because they've built a system that works and are all about improving the system but it's getting to the point where they're starting to plateau and they need to revise what they're doing as a company because people aren't accepting that anymore. And I say not accepting, but there are definitely people out there that believe the game is actually really, really good. But as soon as hate starts coming out and it becomes a widely known issue, what the problems with the games are, then there's a bit of a stigma that develops around that. And that is a social thing. Once again, bringing it back to the people. So just to round everything out here, as long as it is socially acceptable to consider loot boxes to be gambling, then companies will always be able to use the gambling laws against you for the purpose of monetizing in their games. But if we start piecing together other little laws and things that might be going on in this area, and stop focusing on such a narrow perspective, then there may be other legal issues going on here. Then again, depending on your country, there might not. Maybe there aren't any laws that can handle this. But then again, that's the point, isn't it? The law is always behind the social perspective. Until stuff happens in society, laws aren't created to deal with those issues. So, Law has already been established on gambling, so maybe we need to look at other perspectives and start considering what is outside of that tiny little box, start looking at any other item, it's a good, it's a service, what are the laws about goods and services, so have fun with that. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep whinging about loot boxes? Or we're going to start thinking outside the box a little here. Go nuts. Start creating content that focuses on other areas 
that can combat this issue. Now, loot boxes are starting to dry up because they're starting to focus on other things such as battle passes and the next thing to move on to that isn't loot boxes about monetizing. Now, if we're going to deal with things like that, then we need to get ahead of the game and actually consider what is going into these before we make our purchases. Okay, so my time's been a little bit tight here lately, so I've not been able to record anything in weeks. You will hopefully start hearing a little bit more of these podcasts come through a little bit quicker. And in the meantime, you can catch me on Mixer and on Twitch whenever I'm on there. So that's Keo Live at Home. It's also Keo Live at Home on Twitter. Feel free to message me on there. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can now find this podcast on every platform. So that's iTunes. You can rate and review on there. It's now on Spotify. I record this using Anchor. So that's anchor.fm slash howtofixgaming. I hope you enjoyed listening and I'll catch you next time.